with Chuck. We're back. Girl we're, Talk with Chuck. Where have you been? I don't know. Where okay, have you been? Where was I? Oh, I know. I was at the racetrack. The racetrack? Yeah. Which racetrack? Keeneland Horse Racing. Where was? Where is that? That is in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. In the months of April and October, they have um, their horse racing. And I, I learned so much. It was the most informative mm-hmm. time that I've ever gone. Thank you, Matt and Bailey, for educating all of us about bedology. Did you know that was a word? Nope. Yep. I learned about bedology, how to bet on the horses. Oh, bedology. Yes. Oh, yes. I have heard that. I I thought you said bed. Bed. Like how horses sleep in bed, but we don't know that. We did see sleeping horses, too. (laughs) And they'd stand Um, up, right? uh, Sometimes we saw a lot of them over on their sides, just, you know, like all all relaxed. It was, Kelsey and I were afraid that they were dead. (laughs) They were not. In in any movie I've ever seen, (laughs) that's bad. No, it's all good. It's all okay. Callie was on her side sleeping and she was good. We got to go to um, where the horses are bred and see the studs. They, they go for a lot of money. Yeah, I've heard each, that. Each time they mm-hmm. have a lot of fun, the, the owner does too. Oh, to come back as a horse dog. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be a true specimen. Um, and then uh, we saw pregnant mares, and we, we saw two-week-old, uh, two-month-old, and yearlings, and they are just gorgeous, gorgeous mm-hmm. creatures. So why is it that I didn't see any pictures of this on Facebook or anything? didn't do the whole Facebook thing. This you list. feeling okay? Yeah. Huh? No, I'm, I'm taking a little break from the old Facebook stuff. Okay. Not just a bad keeping, idea. Yeah, just keeping to the movie stuff and taking away the personal stuff. So, to try and tie this into everything. Mm-hmm. Let's see There are go. so many horse racing movies. Yes, there are. Was there anything there that you saw where it was like, oh, wow, the horse racing movies have gotten this completely wrong, or wow, this is this is exactly what I saw in... Secretariat or the Black Stallion. Yeah, you know what I saw, and I think a lot of the horse racing movies make it look like it's a really dirty sport. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking physically, but you know, emotionally and, and sure, it's a seamy type yeah. of thing. And I didn't feel that at all. I didn't see that at all. And you're probably not going to see that in Lexington. Probably not. Probably not. This isn't the circuit like in Lean on Pete. No, very true. Very true. Um, It was just, everything was just pristine and professional and beautifully done. Yeah. And and seeing literally from the moment those horses are born to then, you know, training and, and riding and learning about what horses, how old they are when they first get ridden, which... You know, race horses don't get ridden until they're at least a year old. Right. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Um, jumping horses don't get ridden until they're about three years old. Oh, that I did. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Learned all about the track. Cool, cool place. Going to go back hopefully in October. And one of these days, I want to go to the Derby. Have never oh, of course. been. Have it's got to be on that. And uh, you probably don't want to do this, but the Indy 500 are on my bucket list. Really? Oh, well, if you need Indy 500 tickets, you let me know. We'll talk. That is something I will never want to do. Yeah, I want to just go at least once. I'll, I'll buy you some earplugs. Okay, I'll need them. <laughs> yes, you will. So we're talking about almost everything except movies. Why is that, Chuck? Because uh, there's just shit out right now. <laughs> <laughs> just. Shit. Yeah. yeah, there really is. There really is. So, so we'll talk about a couple, and then there's a couple other topics I want to touch on. All right. Well, why don't you start us off with one of the movies that opens this week in theaters, I believe. In theaters. You really want me to talk about this I movie? I do. I do. Just real quickly. Oh. And then I'll share my two cents. Oh. You know, <laughs> this is the first time that I have done anything with Sundance. 
Uh, it was the first time I could actually see things in advance because obviously Sundance this year was done uh, online. Uh, and one of the films that I saw there was this thing called Together, Together. Uh, by this woman named uh, Nicole uh, Beckwith, writer-director, and apparently she's some Sundance darling. She had a movie there before that I probably would have hated. Uh, and, you know, we I saw this a few months ago when Sundance was going around, and I started to think, well, it's coming out. Maybe I should request another screener to watch it again to refresh my memory. Did you really? I was thinking about oh, it. Oh, okay. I was okay. thinking about it, but then I was like, you know, you got to really deal with your self-loathing. Uh, you, you can't keep beating yourself up like this. Why torture yourself once again? So I did not. But I went back and looked at my notes, and okay. it all recurred to me why I hated this film. Hated. That hated. is such a strong word, Chuck Kaplinski. Okay, well, maybe... How about, was really, really, really <laughs> irritated by it. How about that? Okay, well, tell irritated me why. Tell me why. Because of the main character. The main, well, primarily because of the main character. There are quite a few other reasons, too. But the main character is named Matt, and he's played by Ed Helms. And Matt is just a variation on a theme of the Andy Bernard character from The Office, if you've seen that. And this guy is about as decisive as, I, 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 I don't know, he's, he's about as exciting as the color white. I mean, for one thing. I mean, he's just so bland. And he's Mr. Passive-Aggressive. He wants to have a baby. He's in his 40s. He's single. And you find out within five minutes, you realize within five minutes why this guy is single. <laughs> it's completely obvious why he is single. He's overbearing. And he conducts interviews for a surrogate mother. And he picks this poor girl named Anna, played by Patty Harrison, an actress I had not really heard much about. She is in a phenomenal series called Shrill. Um, with oh, Amy Bryant. Right. You were telling yeah. me about that. Yeah, which hopefully we'll have an interview with her next week that we'll be able to share Andy with Bryant? everybody. Amy Bryant. Yeah. yeah, I've interviewed. She's fun. Um, but Patty Harrison is in that. I would maybe I like Miss Miss Bryant enough that uh, I would take a chance on that show, and maybe I will like Miss Harrison better. Although I didn't hate her here in this movie. She's fine. I didn't hate her. But they come to this agreement, then she's going to be a surrogate for her child, and this guy becomes so incredibly overbearing. You know, about what she eats and who she has sex with while she's carrying the child and what she's doing. And whenever they're together, if the wind just shifts a little bit, he says, are you okay? Are you okay? Every little thing, are you okay? And, you know, he's like, it, it was just a mixed message because at one point he says, you know, I'm pro-everything, like pro-life and everything like that. All about, you know, your decisions and everything, but he doesn't really make her, let her make any decisions. He's just really a pain in the ass. Wow. And I hated him. I really, really hated him. And the other thing I hated was the jokes don't land. Okay. There's no chemistry between the two. And the ending's a cop-out. I hated the ending. I'm I like, really, really? I really did. I'm like, you painted yourself into a corner, didn't yeah. you? And you don't know how to get out of it. I could have given them about five other options that they could have done so for that many ending. Things. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was... I think I wrote down in my notebook when I was taking notes because I saw it during Sundance also. M E H, meh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I didn't hate it. I didn't really, really dislike it. I just didn't like it. I didn't love it. I thought it, it was an interesting look. I think it flipped the genders a little bit and little bit. how, you know, a, a man and you know I don't really think about men needing to have children by the age of forty something and, right. and wanting that in their lives. So that was kind of an interesting perspective. And I didn't find him to be overbearing. I found him to be protective and, and father-like. And I feel like he developed this father-daughter relationship that was actually very sweet, realizing that he's pushing the boundaries and he's crossing over those boundaries of 
they have a business relationship. They have right. a business deal, yet he wants more than that. He develops a friendship. But is there really, can there really be a friendship here? Because she is just the surrogate. She is just right. the oven yeah. that's going to bake until she delivers the child, and then right. she's out of there. The only interesting thing I found about the film was her in that, you know, she's she's kind of a, she's not all that responsible at the beginning. Right. I mean, she's just doing this for the money. Right. Her becoming attached there's that great scene at the baby shower where he's opening all the presents. And mm-hmm. if you remember, she's kind of at the side and she's suddenly feeling left out. And you right. can see her thinking, oh, my God, maybe maybe I'm making a mistake. Here. Right. Maybe I need to be more involved. And that was interesting. They didn't develop it enough. Right. But that was the one interesting part of the whole film for me. And thank God. Thank God they didn't go down the road of they have a romantic relationship. Oh, that would have been gross. That that was that, that was what bad. I was afraid of. Yeah, I, I was I was on edge a couple different times. Yes, there are a couple like scenes. when she crawls into bed with him. Right. But it is just a very benign situation. Right. Um, but yeah, I was definitely on edge. Please, dear God, don't, don't let it go do down that, this please. path. Yes. Um, what I I also felt like this had a lot of potential and it really it could have gone somewhere. I felt like. Again, we always say, if there are any writers, directors looking to hire Chuck and me, we are available to proof your, your screenplays and, tell you exactly and give what you information yes. as to what to change. Because this could have been really good if they would have done like maybe five more rewrites and given them backgrounds and interests. I didn't care about them. No. And they just they just blew it. Yeah, they really did. We don't know anything really about her, and we don't know anything about him and how they came to this point. And I needed flashbacks. I needed, you know, what it what what's your story? And what was the weird thing with his parents? His parents, I think, were divorced and each had new partners. And he tells them Nora Dunn and uh, oh, yeah. Paul Malamut. Yeah, see, you forgot all about yeah, that, I did. didn't you? I did. Because that they did not, develop. Yeah, yeah, that was not necessary and in my mind. If you're casting those people, you need to give them more to do. And there's yeah. got to be more there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, together, together. It's in theaters starting on the 23rd. A great reason to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, if you stay home, you also have the option of seeing Stowaway oh, no. on Netflix. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, again, a lot of potential with this because you're faced with a moral conundrum. I love movies that take mm-hmm. psychology into effect. Um, this takes place, I'm guessing, a bit into the future where three astronauts are launching off and headed to Mars for a two-year project, research project. It's led by Captain Barnett, who is Tony Collette. Um, calm, cool, and collected. She's been to this rodeo before. She is all good, even though initially it's a bit of a shaky launch. I love um, that. I liked that, too. I love that. It had so much promise right there, didn't it? Well, it was like, how many space movies have we seen? And we've never seen a launch like that where you get a feeling that, God, that's awful. Yeah. And how brave you've got to be (laughs) to do that. I I loved that. Yeah, that was great. And we have Daniel Kim, who plays David Kim. He's a botanist and researcher. Mm -hmm. And you can tell he is a out of his element in this in this particular launch. And that was good, too. It was yeah, good. Yeah, he's a scientist. He's not an astronaut. Right. Yeah. And, and then we have um, Anna Kendrick, who plays Chloe. She is a medical doctor. She's somewhere in between the two. She's excited about this, but she's also thinking, oh, what did I sign up for? What am I getting into? Um, and then we have everything is just like peachy keen, and they're playing jokes on each other and, and having a good time. All the phases have, have happened on this launch, and then all of a sudden, somebody drops from the ceiling. I mean, literally oh drops God. from the ceiling. I mean, obviously, this is called stowaway, so you know something's going to happen. 
Um, and it's this, this man who is unconscious and obviously injured. And so, of course, you know, they've got the medical doctor. They stitch him up. And then, okay, I'm just going to just like pick the shit out of this I know you because are. <laughs> it just bugs me. So, okay, we're, we're on a two-year space mission, Chuck. I know. And we get somebody that drops out of our ceiling, and we stitch him up. He's all good, and I'm going to go to the opposite side of the ship. I'm just going to leave him unattended. We're all going to sit around the table, and we're going to have dinner, but we're not going to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the guy that just dropped out of the ceiling. They really? talk about him eventually. No, they, uh, there's <laughs> no way that those three people wouldn't say, Anything. Well, could it be Nothing. that they didn't want to bring the elephant up? I mean, how do you talk? What about else them? are you going to talk about? Oh. They're in space for two years, and they leave an <laughs> unknown entity, unconscious, unsupervised, in another part of the he ship. He was knocked out. What is he going to do? He he wakes up. That's what happens. Well, and then he comes looking for something. Shouldn't the doctor know that? Oh, I think he might. The anesthesia might wear off. It's not that big of a spaceship. <laughs> okay. You don't leave somebody <laughs> unattended that you don't know who he is and and why he's on there. Continue. And we never find out. Continue picking with oh. your nets. All right. So anyway, um, they figure out. And this is, okay, I'm not a rocket scientist. We do know that. Okay, keep your tongue. Bite that tongue right now, Chuck Kaplinsky. <laughs> However, the first thing in my head was, oh, my God. It's meant for three people for two years. Now they have another mouth to feed, and he's a big yeah. boy. Yeah. How are they going to feed him? How are they going to have enough supplies, water, food, well, that, that, and air? That's a problem that they do deal with. They, they, they have to contend with. But that's not for another, like, 20 minutes in. They're like, oh, here, have some spaghetti. We think this is spaghetti. Well, what are you going to do? Starve the guy? You can't, no, you can't not feed first, him. They should have been talking about rations from the very beginning. They are scientists. They are people who deal with science. Right. There is not one element of science. So anyway, that's not shit true. goes down that's really bad and wrong and and they have a technical <laughs> issue with with air, with oxygen. And they realize that they can't supply enough oxygen for four people. So hey, they give it the old college try. And after about five minutes of trying, they say, oh, I guess we're going to have to kill somebody, but it's not going to be not one of true. us. It was longer than that. Seven they minutes. The experimentation with the algae and okay, all that Okay, stuff. okay. Let's talk about the experimentation oh, with Christ. the algae. What are you, an al You're not a rocket scientist, but are you an algae expert? I am. I I am a plant person. <laughs> I am. I'm not a botanist. You got me. But I do like plants. Okay, microgreens. There's no way that he would just like chop all his microgreens down. A, that's oxygen, and B, that's food. Well, didn't he take microgreens and then mulch them up and put them in the water and things? Wasn't that part of the process? No, no. That was, that was his experiment that he brought with him that was supposed to go to Mars. He just... Put those microgreens in a baggie and then, well, I don't know why they have a baggie up in space, but put them in a baggie and they were done for. He tossed them. So you would never get rid of your food supply and that creates oxygen. So you take each of those plants individually and then you never take all of what you think is going to possibly save you, the algae, and he shot his wad. <laughs> that was it. All of it. Poof. Gone. You were in a mood when you watched this, Oh, man. <laughs> Just give me some basic science, you know? And then she decides, Captain Don't Barnett. Don't give it all away. Don't give it all away. Uh, well, I mean, she makes these decisions based on half-assed information, which is crazy. There's no way a captain would make a, a life-altering decision without all the information. Anyway, what so... What information was she lacking? Okay, are they going to be able to go and get the oxygen tank, the shield? They had to take the, a chance. 
Okay, but he, she was out there trying to get the little yeah, yeah. thingy, the, the yeah. whatever it was. Again, I'm not a rocket scientist. Um, and she's making the decision based on, oh, it probably won't work, so I guess we'll kill him. Uh, okay. Okay, so it's, anyway, so it's these three very different personalities that respond and react differently to the possibility of doing the deed, offing somebody, and then how do you how do you contend with that? And let me tell you, okay, there is a saving grace to this movie, and that is comes in the form of the stowaway named Michael, and he is played by Shamir Anderson. He's wonderful. I thought they were all wonderful. Okay. No, what's okay. wrong with, with, with um, the other Daniel, Daniel, um, Kim. I, I don't think it was. I don't. There wasn't an acting problem. There was a script problem and a direction problem. I think Daniel Kim looked like he was floundering. And then Tony Collette's character, I mean, she was a wet noodle by the end. She was a blubbering idiot that Let's, couldn't make a decision or lead. Okay, so that's, that shows that she, you know, that, that's how it affected her, this situation. She wasn't the stoic, you know, hard-ass cancer. They needed a leader, cancer. and there was no leader. You know, leader, and yeah, we've, we've, it's revealed that she can't do it. And she was to the wayside. Yeah. She was an afterthought halfway through the script. right. And that was how she responded to the situation. You know, we, we know who steps up and, and takes the right. leadership. You know, and I think that was part of the story. Well, and that was a ridiculous situation. Oh, though. Jesus I Christ. the whole thing was ridiculous. <sighs> anyway, well, so I say skip it. I liked it. <laughs> I liked And I'm going to give you this. Okay. How he gets on board and what happened to him is a glaring, awful writing mistake. Unbelievable. And how they got... Just give me one sentence. Right. Fumes overtook me, and I fell and I fell asleep. Okay, fine. That's all I need. He fell asleep in his space I, I, suit. I hit my no, 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 no. He wasn't in a space suit. Was that mean? He was in some sort of protective work suit. I mean, I don't know what. You're not a rocket scientist. You're not a rocket mechanic. You don't know not. what they wear. <laughs> I don't know what they but wear. But I know one. I'm going to call him. Okay, you do that. <laughs> but, but again, this is what's so frustrating. Just get, I hit my head and I fell unconscious. Fine. Anything. Fine. And as I my fell steps unconscious on, in the ceiling and it got it got. And taped it, again, up there. right, and my stepson <laughs> pointed that out too. They had to bolt him in there. Right. How did this happen? Right. It's a huge, huge error. I, I will give you that. I, there's no it, getting around that. And that started me off wrong. Right. And, and so then, then when, you started picking everything up. Absolutely. I guess I like the characters enough and I like the situation enough that I could forgive those things because I wanted to see how this whole thing was going to play out. I guess I was just more sucked in by this whole moral dilemma that they had to deal with. And I loved that part of it. Um, but, yeah, the, I, I, and I'll give you that. The, that whole... And, again, that's what's so frustrating because it's so easily solved. It is. Two lines of dialogue, one scene shot, and you've solved this problem. Well, and, and how about consult with a rocket scientist? Just, you know, consult with a, a researcher of some sort that knows plants because... I don't know this kind of stuff, but if I'm calling you out on it, it's pretty bad. I do wish this film had been released in theaters, though. Because mm-hmm. there were some moments there where I'm thinking, wow, this is just as epic as Gravity. Right, right. Or Ad Astra. And this needs to be seen on the big screen. The, lab, the third act cont- uh, consists of two spacewalks that are incredible. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that was really tense stuff. And for it to be even more tense, I needed that scale that you see on the big screen to yeah. just really underscore just what they are doing and just how how much they're putting themselves in danger. I wish, and I think maybe that would have maybe won you over a little bit more too if you could have been swept away a little bit by these, the epic vision of this. And, and I did note that actually. I said this is cinematically incredible. Yeah. Um, and I love the ship. 
I mean, I'm no rocket scientist either. We're wearing that out. But the way the ship is constructed and how it moves and everything, I'm like, wow, yeah. that is really cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Although it was, to me, the Motel 6 of, of spaceships. Man. They they, no, Man. no, they they alluded to that, like you know, uh, Horizon. I don't know what what Hyperion, Hyperion was, was the, the name, name of the, the company, the name of the company right. that that Has the ship. sponsored the ship, and they were like, yeah, this is only supposed to fit two people, and they cut some corners to bring in three. Well, and we see the corners being cut when she opens that door. Oh, and falls. <laughs> I know. Wait, wait, wait. Hinges? No hinges. Cutting those then, corners, man. And then, how does something fall down? Okay, get over that. No. No. You, I told. I explained that to you. That ship is spinning. There is no sense of up or down. That ship is spinning. But it went in one direction. Uh, so what? What, did, what was it supposed to zigzag? No, I mean, it's how does to gravity? Float. Maybe it was floating away, but our sp- sp- perspective it's is wrong. Right there. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So. Hey, the Oscars are coming up on Sunday. <laughs> they are Sunday. You know, I really kind of forgot about it. I did too. I, I hate to say that. It's kind of a thing um, of the past now because it should have happened three months ago. It should, you're right. It should have happened. Two months ago, and, anyway. You know, the hype isn't there. They're, they're not promoting it the way they usually no. do. Uh, I did read, you know, we the one great thing about this time of year is we get these great magazines and newspapers in the mail mm-hmm. uh, for, for award season. And there was an issue that came of the LA, LA Times the other day. They had an interview with the, Steven Soderbergh, who's directing it, and the two producers. And reading the, reading the article, I'm kind of excited about it now. Okay. They, they said that it's going to be more like a movie than an award show. Awesome. That they are going to have people around the world in certain places there to accept awards or be there to show that they're being nominated. Okay. Uh, and I think, I'm hoping that if they're treating it this way, they're going to crack that nut of this thing running three and a half hours. Okay. I'm hoping that in, in this approach, they'll be able to streamline, streamline it a little bit more. Uh, and move this thing along. Uh, yeah, I love Soderbergh. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about him, oh, one yeah. of my favorite filmmakers, and for him to take this on, I, I, I think is really cool. Uh, if it were anyone else, I'd be blah. But yeah. I'm kind of optimistic. I want to see what they're doing. And they said the mandate was this is not going to be a Zoom call. There's no good. Zoom. Good, good. No Zooming at all because they had learned from the other ones that right. this does not work. Right. So how are they going to do that? I don't know, and that's one of the reasons why I want to tune in because, huh. like, how are you going to pull this off? Uh, so it's it's. I wonder be if they're going to cool. know the winners are going to know ahead of time that they've won and they've pre-recorded something so that it's on there. Maybe, huh. maybe I, I don't know, okay. but it's going to be. I, I'm anxious for it. Okay. Because it could be an incredible train wreck, or it could be wow, they right. really pulled something off, and and hopefully they'll follow some of this stuff in the future. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it for a couple reasons. And another reason I'm looking forward to it is, you know, oh, we you always, tell, we check. always have our contest to see who picks the most winners and you're 0 for 2 and soon to be 0 for 3 and the, 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 the delectable delight I'm going to have you eat is going to trump the other two from the f- other two years. What right, was it? It was, let's, let's it, was deep fr- it was deep fried Oreos for, from Sonic that first year. You even tried it and said it was horrible. It was awful, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think last year, wasn't it a, a chili dog from a gas station? or What was the first? No, the first year. First year was the Sonic was Oreos. That? Yeah, the deep fried Oreos. Last year, I got something from the gas station. I thought it was a hot dog with chili. I thought it was a chili dog. It might have been. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, because I know how you like processed meats. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, but this, what's coming up, you may not talk to me after this. (laughs) (laughs) 
just well, saying. Let's let's just say don't count your chickens before they hatch. Okay. Because I am a viable component or of, of this whole contest. So of course I you may are. I may win. Miracles happen. We've seen this in sports films. We know this happens sometimes. Okay, I get it. I'm gonna bring this all the way back to horse racing. Because basically picking a winning horse is the same thing as picking the winner of of the Oscars. I bet a trifecta box. Uh-huh. I picked three horses. And those three horses could come in in any order unless I did an exacta. Sure. I did an mm-hmm. exacta. Two, six, ten. That's the order I chose them Two, in. Two, six, ten. Got it. Two, six, ten. Two, six, ten. They're winning all the way around. Corner number one, winning, winning, winning. Corner number two, still winning in that order. Two, six, ten. I am going ape shit down on the ground, <laughs> screaming. People are looking at me like she is nuts. Coming around the third corner. Two, six, ten. Two, six, ten. Coming down almost probably a hundred yards until the home stretch. Fucking number three comes in, blows my whole trifecta box. A late bloomer. Late, yep. So that's what's going to happen probably if I lose, wow. which is always. I've got to go. And you know what? Ghost Kim was the name of that horse. And I saw Ghost Kim in the paddock earlier. That horse looked incredible. And there was a part of me that says, pick it. And I didn't pick it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with my gut on all of our picks. That's a mistake, but okay. With who I think is going to win. Now, who I want to win. Okay. But who I think is going to win. Okay. So let's let's take. Should we should we call out anything at this point, or we're going to wait until? Uh, I don't care if we have time. We can call out a couple things. I mean, you know, uh, I, I hate this because it seems as though already everything is predestined. You know, I, I don't see the potential for any surprises. I sure hope there are some surprises because I'm not really happy with everything that's. Predestined. Okay, so what's one thing? Let's just say one thing that you think is predestined. Oh, well, no man happen. land. Yeah, same here, same here. It's it's, it's going to happen. There was one indication that perhaps it won't. Uh, yeah, um, I know the Screen Actors Guild gave Best Ensemble to Trial of the Chicago Seven. Right. And that's usually an indicator of Best Picture, but there is no ensemble in Nomadland. Right. Really? No. But I, I mean, it's her. Yeah. And you know all these other real people. Yeah. So. I think that's going to be the one, and I'm going to be, eh, whatever. And how about, do you think that Chloe Zhao will win for Best Director also? It usually goes that way. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you on Nomadland, and I I think that she's going to be the second woman ever to win for Best Director. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, and I loved The Rider. I didn't love Nomadland. The Rider was her first and, film. And I love The Rider, too. I'm, it's a heartbreaking movie. The fact that her next film is a Marvel movie, <laughs> I don't quite get. I suppose we all have to make money at some point. But I don't see how, with her aesthetic and the way she approaches movies... People at Marvel said, she's the one. I think she's going to have some real people involved. What do you think? What do you mean? <laughs> in a superhero thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll wander in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her, hers, the Eternals, takes place on another planet. So, yeah, she'll have some real aliens wander in, yeah. Um, somebody who I hope will win Best Actress, who was overlooked by BAFTA, is Carrie Mulligan. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to retract something. I said okay. everything seemed to be predetermined. Yeah. Best Actress is not. Okay. Best actresses all over the place. When you look at uh, the award show that's come uh, before this, a lot of different people have won in this category. Right. McDormand has not been a clean, uh, clean sweep. Yeah. It's that could be the upset of the year. Yeah, I, I hope that it is. I loved the movie. I loved her performance. I, I loved her the message. I love her. I'm you know I'm not as high in the movie as you are, but right. uh, if she wins, I won't be upset. Yeah. 
All right, well, time will tell. And I have had your delectable delight chosen for three years now. <laughs> so, oh, it keeps, huh? <laughs> oh, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Did you have anything that you wanted to add? You just furrowed your brow at me. We'll get to it next week. It can keep like my delight, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> It's smelling a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, tune in next week, and um, we'll do a video. Are we going to do it on, on TV? We'll ha we'll do it on TV. Of course, we always okay. do it on TV. Okay. We'll provide the link for what okay. she's yeah eating. If what you're going to enjoy. Okay. All right. <laughs>